Welcome to Marian Consecration. This is Father Zach. It is day 24. Um, I'm at the airport, by the way, so if you hear any weird noises, that's where I'm recording this today, heading out to Wichita for the Feast for Fiat. So I've been asked to give a talk, so I ask for your prayers and blessings upon Fiat Ministries, which is, in essence, a retreat for women to discern religious life. But what they do is a genius, in my opinion, is they bring in five different religious orders, and have women meet up to 10 sisters at a time and discern their charisms, discern their way of life, discern how they pray before they make a come and see. So it's kind of like a meeting in the middle. So I'll be giving that talk tomorrow so you can pray for them and pray for me and all those who will attend and all those who are discerning God's will, especially religious sisters. But as always, as we be in this day, I want you to continue to discern your why as to why you're doing the Marian consecration and spend time going over that right now by pressing pause and stating your why out loud. And so I begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Day 24, Mary's Retreat, Day 1. Father Michael Gately writes, During this retreat, we've been pondering in our hearts certain truths of our faith that relate to Marian consecration. One might say that we're kind of on a pilgrimage of faith leading up to Consecration Day. During her earthly life, Mary, too, was a kind of retreat and pilgrim of faith. She, too, pondered in her heart the different truths related to marrying consecration. After all, she didn't discover all at once her vocation to be a spiritual mother and mediatrix. Like us, Mary needed to walk by faith while pondering in her heart. She, too, needed a time of preparation regarding her special role as our mother in the order of grace. Because, of Mary's, because Mary's maternal mediation is so central to a proper understanding of Mary and consecration, we're going to spend the next few days making a retreat within our retreat. We'll do this by peering in on Mary's retreat. In other words, we're going to accompany Mary along the way that God led her to progressively discover her vocation to be our spiritual mother and mediatrix. In some sense, Mary's retreat begins at the Annunciation. By her yes to God, that is, her fiat, she accepted her vocation to be the mother of Jesus. But she did also know that she was, ex- but did she also know that she was accepting the call to be a spiritual mother to all Christians as well? I don't know. What I do know is that the whole mystery of the Annunciation gave Mary something amazing to ponder, something that happens to be deeply related to Marian consecration and entrustment. Let me put it this way. Who was the first person to entrust himself to Mary? It was St. Louis de Montfort. It was God the Father. See, it wasn't St. Louis de Montfort, I apologize. It was God the Father. John Paul explains, quote, For it must be recognized that before anyone else, it was God himself, the Eternal Father, who entrusted himself to the Virgin of Nazareth, giving her his own Son in the mystery of the Incarnation, end quote. Mary surely marveled at this act of humility on God's part. As she marveled and pondered it, she must have begun to have some inkling that God would later want the people he came to redeem to follow his example. 
Mary had many other things to ponder during her preparation to be ever more completely our mother in the order of grace. The synoptic gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke offer several points of reflection that speak to Mary's spiritual motherhood. Take, for example, the passage in the Gospel of Mark in chapter 3, verses 31 through 35, where Mary and Jesus' cousins are outside waiting to see Jesus. And so they send for him and call to him. Jesus responds by asking, Who are my mother and my brethren? Then, looking at those around him, he says, Here are my mother and my brethren. Whoever does the will of my father is my brother and sister and mother. In giving this response, was Jesus being a bad son? No, he was being exactly the kind of son his father wanted him to be. At the same time, he was preparing his mother for who he wanted her to be. Specifically, he was revealing to her the new filial bond of the kingdom that goes beyond the bonds of flesh. In other words, he was pointing out the primacy of the spirit of the flesh, the primacy of the supernatural fatherhood of God to the natural fatherhood or motherhood of man. It's likely that Mary immediately grasped some of what Jesus was teaching her. After all, for years she had pondered in her heart another strange response of Jesus, the one he gave when he found in the temple was found in the temple after three days of sorrowful searching, quote, Did you not know I must be about my father's business? See Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verse 49. During his public ministry, Jesus was indeed completely concerned with his father's business. Now, a key part of this business involved preparing his mother for the, her role, new role in God's kingdom. Jesus knew that, quote, in the dimension of the kingdom of God and in the radius of the fatherhood of God, Mary's motherhood, quote, takes on another meaning, end quote. In other words, reported by Mark that we read earlier, Jesus points to this meaning, whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother, end quote. We can be sure that Mary pondered this in her heart and that she realized that the, by these words, Jesus was not rejecting her, but rather preparing her. Can we be sure Jesus wasn't rejecting Mary? Yes, we can. Even if Jesus' words sound like he's rejecting her, they aren't. In fact, if we consider a similar passage in the Gospel of Luke chapter 11, verses 27 to 28, it's clear that Jesus is actually blessing his mother. In this other passage, quote, a woman in the crowd raised her voice, end quote, and said to Jesus, blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast that nursed you. Jesus responds in a similar way to what we read in Mark. Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. At first reading, this may seem like a rebuke of Mary, but it's not, after all. Who heard the word of God and kept it better than Mary? Nobody. Thus, Jesus is actually blessing his mother, and she would not have realized it. Mary is an incredibly perceptive woman, and she paid close attention to Jesus' every word and action. The subtleties of his teaching were not lost on her, and she progressively came to realize the unfolding mystery of her own unique motherhood. As the messianic mission of her son grew clearer to her eyes and spirit, Mary herself as a mother 
became ever more open to that new dimension of motherhood, which she was to constitute her part beside her son. Had she not said from the very beginning, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord, let it be done to me according to your word. Through faith, Mary continued to hear and to ponder that word. Thus, in a sense, as mother became the first disciple of her son, the first to whom he seemed to say, Follow me. What a joy it must have been for Jesus to have one disciple who fully understood him. What a consolation to his heart to find such attentiveness to God's word. Tomorrow, we'll reflect more on Mary's attentiveness and how it led her to discover yet another part, aspect of her part beside her son in his work of salvation. This part does, not, does indeed involve, as John Paul wrote, a, quote, new dimension of her motherhood, end quote. Thus, at Cana, we'll see that she gives birth to the faith of Jesus' disciples by initiating his first miracle, which comes through her motherly attentiveness to human need. Today's prayer, come Holy Spirit living in Mary, help me to be faithful to heart-pondering prayer as was Mary. And so we pray 10 times. Come Holy Spirit living in Mary, help me to be faithful to heart-pondering prayer as was Mary. Come Holy Spirit living in Mary, help me to be faithful to heart-pondering prayer as was Mary. Come Holy Spirit living in Mary, help me to be faithful to heart-pondering prayer as was Mary. Come Holy Spirit living in Mary, help me to be faithful to heart-pondering prayer as was Mary. Come Holy Spirit living in Mary, Help me to be faithful to heart-pondering prayer, as was Mary. Come Holy Spirit, living in Mary. Help me to be faithful to heart-pondering prayer, as was Mary. Come Holy Spirit, living in Mary. Help me to be faithful to heart-pondering prayer, as was Mary. Come Holy Spirit, living in Mary. Help me to be faithful to heart-pondering prayer, as was Mary. Come Holy Spirit, living in Mary. Help me to be faithful to heart-pondering prayer, as was Mary. Come Holy Spirit, living in Mary, help me to be faithful to heart-pondering prayer, as was Mary. And may Almighty God bless you and your intentions. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Pope St. John Paul II, pray for us.